eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. For I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the years, Dr. Mitchell touched a lot of lives as he served as founder and pastor of Central Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, and one of the founders and professors of Multnomah School of the Bible, now Multnomah University. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. In his day, there were no tape recorders, so he and his organist had to be at the station five evenings a week. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. The Unchanging Word is an independent Bible study and not affiliated with either Central Bible Church or Multnomah University, but by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the passage before us, Jesus eats the Passover with His disciples. At this time, our Lord institutes communion, the Lord's Supper, as a memorial to Him for His death. The Lord's Supper is spoken of again in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. The Apostle Paul writes that it is a memorial to the Savior himself and his death until he comes again. Dr. Mitchell brings out the distinct perspective that it is not the value that men place on the blood of Christ, but the value that God places on Jesus' blood. The scriptures witness to numerous times the blood of Christ affects the life of the Christian. God's value of his blood is of eternal importance. Do you and I value this eternal expenditure of Christ on the cross as God does? Well, here's Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. Again, we come to our studies in the book of Matthew, chapters 26 and 27, which deals with the preparation and the betrayal and the death of our Savior. In our last lesson, we were discussing of how Judas betrayed his Lord and how the Lord manifested his omniscience 
and manifested his love even for Judas. And Judas went out to sell his Lord for 30 pieces of silver, the price at which they valued God, quoting from the 11th chapter of the prophet Zechariah. Now for our reading, will you turn to chapter 26 of Matthew, verses, verse 26, right on down through to verse 30. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. For I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, you'll notice in Matthew's Gospel, there's nothing said about the great discourse in the upper room, which we have in John's Gospel, chapter 13 through 17, or at least through 15, because in chapter 15 he goes into the vineyard and so on. But that's left entirely out of this. But I've oftentimes wondered about this as our Lord was with his disciples in the upper room, and Judas has been revealed as the betrayer, and Judas has gone out to do his dastardly thing. And now the Lord has these 11 men around him. What shall he say to them? He's going to be crucified that night, betrayed that night and crucified. He's going to be raised from the dead, and then he's going to be with them for 40 days after his resurrection. And he's going to be ascended into heaven to be a prince and a savior. What shall he say to these men? Now, John 13 through 17 gives us that great discourse of our savior. And you'll notice in those chapters, he's not occupied with himself, but with these dear men. To comfort them, to teach them, to instruct them uh, because of what he's going to do and the work he's going to accomplish, and the marvel of it all. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks, gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Let me just stop right here. Did you ever stop to think this is the only remembrance the Lord gave to us? Remember me. If I may quote from the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians, where Paul says, uh, that which I have received of the Lord, how that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he took the cup, and said, this is the cup of the New Testament. He took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. And each time he said, this do in remembrance of me. Because I'm not going to drink of this cup again until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I'm going to leave you. But I'm leaving you a memorial to me, the most astounding thing is that God's people forget 
the memorial. Too often the communion service has lost its impact, lost its meaning. In fact, Paul is so severe on this question that in Corinthians 11 he said, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Because if I eat and drink unworthily, I eat and drink judgment to myself, not discerning the Lord's body. And for this cause many are weak and many are sick and many die. I'm talking about God's people. This to me is one of the most wonderful things that the Lord left us. He didn't say, I want you to remember my miracles, my power. I want you to remember me in my death and in my return. I'm going to come again. And you to do this as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you to show the Lord's death till he come. In other words, when we take the Lord's table, go to the Lord's table and partake of the bread and partake of the wine, we are witnessing to the fact that our eternal destiny depends upon the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. And our hope depends upon his faithfulness to return. Let me just stop here for a moment. You ever stop and think of it? We take the bread... This is my body broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. When I go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews is informing us that there's a new and living way into the presence of God, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, which would lead me to say that when we partake of the bread at the communion table, we are believing that through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, we have access into the very presence of God. There are no barriers between God and those who are trusting him who died for them. The shed blood. Our Lord here said, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When we partake of the cup, and drink the wine. We are bearing testimony before men, before angels, before demons, if you need be, that our only hope of cleansing from sin is on the ground of the precious blood of Christ. You remember in 1 John chapter 1, verse, verse 7, the end of the verse says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us, from all sin. In Hebrews 9.22 it says, For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Now it's an amazing thing how even some Christians would like to kind of minimize the blood of Christ. But God doesn't. Listen, friend, it's not your value of the blood of Christ. It's not your value of the sacrifice of Christ that's important. The important thing is the value God has placed upon the work of his son. And if God has said, 
that through the work of his Son on the cross and the shedding of his blood, you can have remission of sin. You can have every sin forgiven. You can be cleansed. Not only your, your conscience, but your heart cleansed from sin. As you have again in Hebrews 10, it's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats can take away sin. But this man, Christ Jesus, by one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And he goes on to speak of the fact in that chapter that we're purged. The very conscience is purged from sin. That's why we have peace. This is why we're not afraid to come into the very presence of God. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, has cleansed us from all sin. As 1 Peter 3.18 says, the just died for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Or Galatians 1.4, he gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Or 1 Peter 2, 22-24, He Himself bare our sins in His own body on the tree. One could multiply the Scriptures. Even Isaiah 53, 6, that precious verse, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you ever stop to realize the very first promise in the New Testament? In Matthew 1, 21, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And when John the Baptist introduced Jesus to the people of Israel for the first time, what did he say? Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And when you and I take the cup at the communion table, my friend, we are witnessing, we are showing forth his death that on the ground of what he did at the cross and the pouring out of his life, the shedding of his blood, is the ground for the remission of sin. Oh, what a wonderful thing. And my friend, again, I say, it's not your value of the work of Christ that's important. It's the great value that God has placed upon the blood of his Son. I'm not concerned what you think about the blood of Christ or the death of Christ, or the crucifixion of Christ. But I am concerned to know what does God think about it. And he declares that the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. For as 1 John 3, 5 says, You know he was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Or Hebrews 9 26, he appeared once in the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Oh, would to God that we Christians could realize the tremendous value that God has placed upon the blood of his Son. And Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. This is a memorial. Not so much an ordinance, but a memorial. And you remember the Jews... At the Passover, they remembered an event. When God delivered Israel out of Egypt, he could say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. But the Jews remembered an event, a historical event, 
when God delivered the nation out of slavery, out of Egypt, out of bondage, and brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. We don't do that. At the Lord's table, my friend, we remember a person. We remember a person. The center of our worship is a person who loved us enough to pour out his life, to shed his blood. Later on, we're going to find in this chapter when our Lord in the garden of Gethsemane could cry out, you remember, now is my soul exceeding troubled even unto death. Oh, the, the length to which Jesus Christ went to redeem you and me from our sins and to fit us for the presence of God. And I want to say very firmly and very bluntly the impossibility of any man or woman ever coming into the presence of God acceptably before him unless they are cleansed from their sin on the ground of the blood of Christ shed at Calvary's cross. No wonder Paul could say in Corinthians 15, 3, the gospel which we declared unto you, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised again the third day according to the scriptures. Now I raise another question. How do we eat worthily of this? For well, Paul says in Corinthians 11, let a man examine himself, let a man prove himself, and so let him eat, and so let him drink. If we eat and drink unworthily, we're going to come under the judgment of God as a believer. For this cause, many are weak, many are sick, many die. Premature death for believers. Why? Because they did not discern the Lord's body. When you come to the Lord's table, my friend, you don't partake because you are worthy or because you, what you do. We come to the Lord's table in the worthiness of Christ. We come recognizing we're sinners. We come recognizing what he is to us. So we can sing, I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It's enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Now, if I'm talking to any today who have never experienced the joy of sins forgiven, friend, you put your trust in God's wonderful son who died for you, who shed his blood for you that you might be cleansed and forgiven every sin. Now, one more thing. How often shall we have this remembrance until he come? For he said here, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. They left the upper room and went to the Mount of Olives. I'm going to leave you, disciples. I'm going to leave you. And you're not going to see me again. I'll not drink of this fruit of the vine with you again until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When I come back, as Paul could say in Corinthians 11, we remember his death till he come. Till he come. Now, I'm not going to discuss or argue with you how often we should do this. 
Corinthians 11 is very clear. As oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. If I might give a personal testimony, the first time I ever realized the import of the Lord's table and the worship and the joy and the praise was not in some Sunday morning or Sunday night meeting. It was in a little humble home where four or five of us were waiting on the Lord and studying his word, and one of them said, you know, it would be a wonderful thing. We've been discussing the death and resurrection of Christ be a wonderful thing if we would have just got down and remembered his death till he come. And we got on our knees in that little house, in that little wee room, on the oilcloth. They had no carpets. And they had a little glass of wine and some bread, and we remembered his death till he came. I'm telling you, my friend, I was in heaven. To me, it, it did something to me. The realization of my union with Christ in view of what he accomplished at the cross for me, for me, who loved me and gave himself for me. So my life belongs to him. And when we come to the Lord's table, it's worship, adoration, praise for the one who loved us and gave himself for us. This one who was made sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I would suggest to you, Christian friends, that when you come together again to remember the Lord Jesus in his death and resurrection as you come for the communion service, I don't, I'm not saying how often you come, but as often as you do it, remember you're in the presence of the Lord. And may your worship, may your praise and your thanksgiving be from the very depths of your heart. And may you worship him in spirit and in truth. And remember, remember, he wants you to remember it. On the ground of his shed blood at the cross, you have the remission of sins. You have for divine forgiveness, divine forgiveness. And when God forgives, he forgets. No more he remembers our sins. When God forgives, he forgets. Oh, what a Savior. What a Lord. Worship him today. Praise him today. Acknowledge him today in your life. And the Lord bless you for his name's sake. I have often grown so busy in this world's activity. I've forgotten oh so often that he's coming back for me. What a glorious day it will be when Jesus' matchless face I shall see. Help me, O oh Lord, to live for Thee. Till He comes, till He comes, I'll be watchful till He comes. Till He comes, till He comes, I'll be faithful. Thank you.
often grown so careless in this world's economy. I've forgotten oh so often my own life and purity. I must always walk in his way and never ever cease to pray. Help me, O Lord. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. We trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary, life begins at Calvary.